Hello again and welcome back to Daily Devotions with North Clay Baptist Church. My name is Pastor Drew and today we're going to be looking at Psalm 119 as we continue in our one-year Bible reading plan. Now, Psalm 119 has no author listed, and it is also the longest psalm in the Psalter, as well as the longest chapter in the entire Bible. That being the case, I thought it would be a good idea to spend today's reading just reading through Psalm 119 rather than also having to read an additional three psalms as we've typically done for these daily devotionals. Thankfully, it's worked out that way and it's possible for us to do that here this morning. Now, Psalm 119 is an acrostic of 22 stanzas, one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And the eight lines of each stanza each begin with that same Hebrew letter. The primary focus of Psalm 119 is the law of God. Now, we've already spoken in an earlier devotional about the differences between our modern evangelical view of God's law as well as the psalmist's view of God's law. And I believe no other psalm in the Psalter highlights this discrepancy better than Psalm 119. We see that the psalmist desires to live according to God's law, that he loves God's law and meditates on it daily. The psalmist also recognizes that it is the law that reveals his sin and his need for a savior. You see, the law of God is a faithful expression of his character. God is not a liar, so he commands his image bearers not to lie. God is not an adulterer, so he commands his image bearers not to commit adultery. God is not a murderer, so he commands his image bearers not to murder. God is just. And so his law for his image bearers is also just. God is pure, so his law is also pure. God is righteous, and so his law is also righteous. Calvin in his Institutes lays out for us a threefold use of the law, which I think is, is very helpful. Uh, in the first use, we see that the law is first and foremost for the conviction of sin. This is consistent with what the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans, that we would not know our sin were it not for the law. Being an accurate reflection, a faithful expression of God's holy, righteous, and just character. And by revealing that to us, we see, we see clearly in the law our failure to live up to the God whose image we bear. In the second use of the law, the law also serves uh, to restrain evil. Uh, through the means of righteous civil magistrates, the law works to restrain the wickedness of men. And lastly, in the last use of the law, the law also serves to guide believers in holy living. As God's image bearers, we have a duty to rightly reflect God's character. Well, how do we know God's character? How do we know how we should live as His image bearers? By looking to His law. Now, this cuts against our modern sensibilities. Uh, but it's our sensibilities which need to be dismissed rather than the law of God. Though we recognize that our justification does not come through our obedience to the law, and praise God for that, because if it did, we would be righteously condemned. But does this fact mean that God's law is no longer good for us? I would argue that it does not. You see, it is because God's law is good that He sent His Son to fulfill all of the demands of the law so that we would have an alien righteousness imputed to us. It is because God's law is good that He sent His Son to be condemned under that same law so that we would have our sins atoned for. 
It is because God's law is good that He sent His Son to rise from the dead so that we too may be raised to walk in newness of life, recreated in Christ Jesus for the good works which He prepared beforehand. And it is because God's law is good that He sent His Son to ascend to the throne as King of kings who would rule and reign in perfect justice and righteousness.